hear the word of our Lord from the epistle to the Philippians, starting in verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's look at this passage here and start asking some questions. Let's just actually interact with the text here and ask, what is St. Paul getting at? Is St. Paul saying, think happy thoughts, be a positive person? Is he telling us we need to read the secret and avoid all that negative talk? Do we really need to start putting everything in clinical psychotherapeutic language? You know, the kind of thing your therapist says in a confrontation. Don't use you language, use I language. Don't frame things as this hurts me. Say things like, I find this to be a little unfortunate, but I suppose I can see the bright side. Are we supposed to be Mr. Brightside? Should we listen to that garbage song on repeat over and over and over again? Please, no, I'm having flashbacks to when my family played it ten times a day. No, please, no, no! Okay, I don't think that's what St. Paul is getting at. Because in the last verse of the pericope, what does he say in verse 9? What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I believe he is tying that to what he's talking about in verse 8. He's talking about something in your thoughts, something in your deeds, something in your attitude that leads to the God of peace being with you. And that should lead us to some good questions here on what is the whatever. So we go back to verse 8. And it says, finally, brothers, the finally is there because he's capping off the rest of his letter to the Philippian church. He says, whatever is true. Okay, well, now I have to ask, what's true? Do I really want to meditate on truth itself? Maybe. Maybe. But remember, St. Paul's exhortation here is think about these things or meditate on these things. And I have to ask myself, when I see whatever is true, is St. Paul saying that I get a great spiritual benefit by meditating on the correct solutions to math problems? Am I supposed to say, oh boy, one plus one equals two, I am so edified. Is that really what St. Paul is getting at? Well, let's move on here. Let's, let's look at the next part. Whatever is honorable. Hmm. Okay, so think on these things. Whatever is honorable. Well, what is honorable? Well, maintaining honor, a good name. Okay, so should I be thinking about keeping my good name by honoring my commitments? Should I sit there in my chair during my quiet time with God, as the evangelicals put it? Should I go ahead and say, hmm, let me think about a handshake. Oh, man. Nice firm handshake. A deal that doesn't need contracts. 
It doesn't need notaries. It doesn't need witnesses. I can just let my yes be yes. And I can be so honorable that people know, hey, that's a good deal. That's a good handshake. Am I really, really edified through this? Is the God of peace with me when I say, oh, there is just nothing better than when a contract is fulfilled, when a small debt is paid off, when I make my monthly payment to the electric company? Is that really going to spiritually edify me? I think it's important to ask these questions. But let's move on to the next one here. Whatever is just. Hmm. So in this theoretical all-day devotion to God, we should set aside some time to think about the justice of anti-theft protection in products at Walmart. Or we should think about the justice of when a white-collar criminal finally goes behind bars for his insider trading habits. To go, yes sir, that is just. And God becomes closer to me as I think about how great it is that speeding tickets are fairly priced. Does that really work that way? Well, let's move on to the next one. Let's keep asking. Let's interact with the text here. Whatever is lovely. Hmm. Great. Well, what do we mean by lovely? Let's dig into the Greek just a little bit. Well, it's not lovely in terms of sweethearts. And it's not lovely in terms of that pretty girl with the blonde hair that you sat next to in high school. It says here in the interlinear that it's prosphiles, which is an adjective meaning pros or towards phileo, which is the kind of friendship love, fellowship love. So the actual dictionary here on the site says worthy of personal affection, hence dearly prized. It's pleasing, acceptable, grateful, agreeable. So is St. Paul saying that whenever we think about something that is lovely, as the English translation unfortunately puts it, that we should be thinking about our sweetheart. No, he's saying, uh, apparently, think about that time you totally slammed that game of Super Mario Brothers while your bros were there and you were hanging out and your mom got you pizza rolls and you were like, oh, dude, I'm going to remember this moment. Oh, man, I beat Bowser so hardcore I got that axe, I jumped over him before he threw those hammers. Now that was lovely, man. That was psychedelic, radical, tubular everything. Is St. Paul saying that if I meditate on that, the God of peace will be with me? Well, maybe. I'm not going to lie, guys. I do get quite the feeling of satisfaction and uh, phileo when I'm hanging out with my bros and they see me totally dominate at a game of Tetris 99. Can't deny that. But if we move on here and we see whatever is commendable, we have to look at the Greek again, because what do we mean by commendable? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, it comes from euphema, which is well reported of, spoken in a kindly spirit, laudable, reputable, from you, that uh, prefix there, E-U, in a Greek word, that is literally just a good thing. So well spoken of. You are commending this thing. But what is commendable in context of my devotion? Am I supposed to go, hmm, well, okay. Time to think about something commendable now. I really like 
when the sun is shining and it's really hot out, but there's a good breeze to give you some relief so you can play outside with your kids. That is commendable. Or maybe we're supposed to extend it to other people and go, boy, howdy, it was commendable that the senator voted in the state senate to lower my property taxes. Very commendable. Very good, sir. Thank you. In fact, that ties up to honor, because after all, an honorable senator would give me an easier time making ends meet. Is that what St. Paul is getting at? If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, let's wrap those two up together. The word for excellence being arete, which means uh, virtuous, upright, praiseable by all men, and obviously worthy of praise being almost like St. Paul repeats himself with commendable, but in a more personal sense. Now I'm thinking about my heroes. And who are your heroes? Should we think about them? And if you don't have real-life heroes that you personally admire, do you go to video game characters or cartoon characters or... Heaven forbid, and Lord forgive me for uttering it, do we look at Spider-Man and go, hmm, that is arete, that is fantastic, that is something so worthy of praise, we could all learn from Peter Parker here. See, I look at this verse, and I look at what exactly it is that we're supposed to be thinking about, and I'm pretty sure nobody actually does that. And I'm pretty sure that St. Paul is not telling us Just think good thoughts like a good boy and be a positive person and suddenly you're going to find yourself being closer to God because uh, God is the great Stuart Smalley in the sky that wants me to say, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. I have a really hard time thinking that that's the sense of the text in any way, shape, or form. So if that really was the case then holiness would be easy. All I gotta do is blow out my mind with Maoist brainwashing techniques so that I only think happy thoughts. Maybe, with some help, with some sprinkling of some fairy dust, get Tinkerbell shaken up and her dandruff falls onto my head, I can float my way to heaven by just thinking the thoughts that I've forced myself to think. Now that's devotion. That's holiness, right? Is that what St. Paul is saying? Obviously. No. But that means that we have to look at the passage again with a more critical eye. Not criticizing the passage itself, but asking ourselves, what is he really getting at? Because he's saying in verse 9, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things. It's in the same paragraph. What he is saying is, you've seen me be about all of these things. You have seen me in the fruit of my life as your apostle, the guy visiting you and helping plant all these churches. You've seen that, and let me tell you that the fruit of it is that the God of peace will be with you. So, let's say that maybe the issue isn't so much a what. When he says whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever, 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 think about these things, but then he points to himself, I wonder whether or not the whatever is actually a who. Because if it's applied to St. Paul here, and he's talking about the fruit of this with St. Paul being the example Maybe there is more of a connection to person than object or concept. I think we might benefit 
from saying, well, a person is also a what? You are a who, not the Dr. Seuss who, but you are a who. You are also a what? You are a human being listening to the very Lutheran project. Thank you, by the way. But you are a person, and a person is still a thing, a something, a whatever that St. Paul would say you should be thinking about. But now we have to ask, who? If it's a whatever, we also have to ask, whoever. When he says, whoever is true, if we just maybe switch that around a little bit, we ask, whatever is true? Well, what about whoever is true? Who is true? Who is honest? Whatever is honorable, who is honorable? Whatever is just, who is just? Whatever is pure, who is pure? Who is lovely, who is commendable? If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. If I ask who, and I'm honest with myself, I can at the very least say, it ain't me. Am I true? Am I a super honest person all the time, forever? Well, no. I'd like to say I never lie, but even withholding the truth is kind of a lie. It's still deceptive. Do I, do I really honor the Eighth Commandment to not bear false witness against my neighbor all the time? Do I spread gossip? Well, that means I'm not true. And Lord knows I've fallen into that trap myself. I can't call myself true. Whatever is honorable, am I honorable? I'd like to think so. But I know times that I've messed up and let people down. I know that I haven't fulfilled all of my commitments. I've been having a hard time fulfilling my commitments lately. It's been tough. It's been rough. It's been distracting and chaotic in life. Can I call myself honorable when I'm trying and flailing to honor all my commitments all at once? Well, not the most reliable guy. Whatever is just, am I just? Do I have just thoughts? Oh, no. Ours is an age of wrath, brethren. Ours is an age where all of us are extremely angry all the time about unjust things and the injustice of our culture and all of us. I don't care who you are. You have thoughts like I do sometimes, maybe often, maybe more often, maybe less often than me, where we think about some very unjust, unkind, dishonorable solutions to those things that are making us really mad. Whatever is pure. Am I pure? No. If I can't say that I'm true or honorable or just, I'm not pure. I'm a sinner. Whatever is lovely. I'm not the best guy to say that I'm lovely here. Worth praise, worth saying, uh, yeah, I want to be friends with that guy. I have friends by the grace of God, but I can be a real hard-headed guy sometimes. Are we seeing a pattern here? When we ask whoever instead of just whatever, and Lord knows when you think about excellence, being worthy of praise, anything like that, that's not me. Of course, somebody might be saying here, you're doing a bad exegesis, pastor. It says whatever, and here you are saying whoever, and why are you doing that? That's not biblically sound. Um, okay, fine. If we're going to play the nerd game, we're going to go to Strong's 3, 7, 4, 5. The word translated as whatever, and we'll see it as hasas, which is a correlative pronoun. It can mean how something, how much, how great, how many, and it has been translated as whatever, but it has also been translated as all who, all 
things. There is definitely a sense of whoever just as much as whatever in this passage in Philippians. Again, a who is a what. Not all what's are who's, but all who's are what's. Am I making sense? That applies to the passage here. And therefore, I have to ask myself, am I worthy of this kind of meditation that St. Paul is telling me I should do in my devotion? The answer is no. I'm not worthy of that kind of thinking. When he says, think about these things, and I ask myself, if I am true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, having excellence, or being worthy of praise, I know that that is not me. And if it is not me, then it is not anybody that I know. Not even St. Paul, who is the one telling us that we need to be thinking about all of this and propounding the benefit as the God of peace will be with you. But that's our key. Thankfully, before I fall into despair at my unworthiness to even be thought of in St. Paul's prescription here, his exhortation, he gives us the answer to the riddle in the very end. The God of of peace will be with you. Wait a second. Is God a who? Would God apply or be able to fill in the spot when we ask whoever or whatever? Yes. What is God? God is God. Who is God? He is my God. Is God true? Yes. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. By his very nature, God is true. Is God honorable? Absolutely. He keeps his word. He is more than honorable. He is honor himself. Is God just? God is the most just. He is the one who is so just that the very act of sinning against him lands people a death sentence. So intense and fiery is his justice. But is God pure? Does not tolerate the presence of sin and there is no shadow of turning in him. There is no evil in my God. It would be horrible blasphemy to say otherwise. Is God lovely? Is he someone that I want to be friends with? Is he someone that goes toward the fellowship of all? Absolutely, because he sent his own son to die for you to be closer to you. Is he commendable? Yes, we must sing his praises. He gives us our daily bread. Is he excellent? He is the peak of excellence. There is no more being or thing or anything more excellent than him. And is he worthy of praise? Absolutely. So when St. Paul says, What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, St. Paul is bringing up his own preaching to the Philippians. And he says, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. If you dwell on God and the things of God, God is going to be closer to you. Now, scripture says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, that bad company corrupts good morals. Or a good way to put it is in Cervantes, in Don Quixote, famous quote from that book is, show me the company that you keep and I will tell you what you are. Something along those lines. That's important. Because if bad company corrupts good morals, 
then the inverse must be true as well. Good company reinforces good morals and helps get rid of bad morals. And St. Paul here is saying when you're dwelling on God, when you are meditating on our Lord and the things of God, then the God of peace will be with you. And brothers and sisters, what is the absolute best company you can keep? The Lord our God, the creator of the universe, the one who loves you, sustains you, and is with you all the time. So God being with you is going to have a wonderful effect on you. St. Paul bringing this up, saying the God of peace will be with you, isn't just a mere presence of God. Remember, God is omnipresent. He is with us all the time, everywhere. He is with everybody in a spatial sense. But God being with you as the God of peace means that all those virtues St. Paul listed that I know don't apply to me in my sinful flesh, true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise, the more I'm spending time with God, the more he will be instilling these virtues in me. And over time, I can actually start to think those virtues, maybe they apply to me just a little bit. Not by my strength, not by my power, but God in the process of sanctification is making them true about me by keeping that company with me. So from here, I would recommend everybody to think about these things, to think about God, to think about the things he does for us to praise him for the word he has given us, to think about all the great things he has done in our history, to think about how he has saved us. Preach the gospel to yourself. Yeah, you, you do have to go to church. Please keep going to church, but it is not wrong at all to think about the gospel and to remind yourself that it is God Almighty who makes it apply to you. You can preach to yourself. That's okay. Even when it comes to the law, yes, we do think about here is how I messed up. Here is how I want to do better. But here is how God has forgiven me and he strengthens me to make me better. And from now on, I want to continue in doing better. You can do law, gospel, and third use of the law or response, law, gospel, response, preaching for yourself. To remind yourself of everything. St. Paul saying, what you've learned and received and heard, you can practice what you've heard. To meditate on it, to think about this is all the great things that God has done for you. And the God of peace will be with you. Because the gospel brings us peace. And God's law does too, by the way. While God's law does absolutely condemn us for our sins, we rejoice to be able to try our best and follow the law as saints who in gratitude continue in it. I hope I'm making sense with all of this, but for everybody listening, rejoice. We have a lot of good to think about because we have a good God to think about. Now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen and amen.